Nicole Taylor, the owner of Southern Leisure Spas and Patio with several locations in Texas. And I sat down and recorded this episode at the Marquee Dealer Conference back at the end of February. So we've been sitting on this one for a bit now, but honestly, Cole and I tried to record this well over a year ago, so waiting a couple months to release it seems like nothing at this point. There are a few reasons I wanted to have Cole on the podcast. Number one, I've just really enjoyed getting to know him, and every time we sit down and chat, I always come away with something new. Uh, Two, when I talk to other retailers, Cole and his business come up. He seems to be a person that people turn to when they need advice and look to when they want to find a company to model theirs after. And then three, what Cole and his family were going through right before and at the beginning of the pandemic, while also dealing with the uncertainty as a business owner of those early days of COVID, is mind-blowing to me. You never know what someone is going through behind the scenes. And I just think this is such a great reminder of that. Um, Also, I apparently had had a lot of coffee the day we recorded this. Um, It shows. Hope you enjoy. This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. This episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Marquis. Welcome to the Spot Retailer Podcast. We're getting to do a live podcast. I mean, not live because it's, but in-person podcast because I'm at the Marquee Dealer Conference. And so I've made a couple of people sit down and podcast with me while I'm here. So I am with Cole Taylor from Southern Leisure Spas and Patio. They have four locations in Texas. Thank you for for being on the podcast. We actually tried to do this a long time ago, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, we've been trying to do this for maybe a year and finally we're able to connect. Well, cause it's, cause you're in Dallas, which is only a couple hours South of me. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in Dallas. Let's get together and do the podcast. It'll be great. And then COVID or something. I can't. No, then like my daughter had to quarantine and it was just like, yeah. forget it. And yeah. honestly, that was over a year ago. <laughs> yep. Now we're actually getting to do it. Yep. <laughs> It's been a journey. Uh, yeah. But it's kind of first full circle, though, too, because the first time we met was at the – or met in person, at least – was at the Marquee Dealer Conference pre-COVID yeah. when it was in, in Oregon. And yeah. that was – Like a week before COVID broke out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things shut down two or three weeks after that. It was yeah. crazy. And I had a brand new baby, and you were about to have a baby. Yep. I mean, there was just – there's just been a lot of parallels in our <laughs> life, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, – it's crazy to think it's been two years of, of all this stuff. It feels a lot longer, right? It, yep, yeah, definitely does. Yeah, it does, especially when you throw in babies in the mix. That, <laughs> I mean, You're you not know. lying. You're yeah. not lying about that. For the people who don't know you, could you go ahead and tell us um, about how you got into the industry and how you got your business started? Yeah, so uh, my name's Cole Taylor, and I am from Abilene, but currently live in the Dallas area. And my father started a landscape and pool company right out of college in 1978. I worked with him through 
high school and uh, in my time off uh, through college. And I graduated from college with a marketing degree and went to work for a subsidiary of Boeing and handled uh, multimedia, web design, marketing, IT stuff for them. And after about a year of or a year or two of uh, working for them, I decided that I wanted to get back to my roots and work outside. I was tired of being stuck in a cubicle and staring at a computer screen. So I partnered with my father in 2013 and opened a retail store, really geared more towards pool stuff, but we had a couple hot tubs in there. And at the time, it was just me and my wife. I was I was more out in the field doing repairs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. She was selling hot tubs and, and she kind of we started to sell hot tubs and we were doing more hot tub stuff than we were pools. And we were trying to, you know, quote some pool remodels and pool builds, but the hot tubs just kind of took off. And that's when we started reaching out to other manufacturers and investing more in the hot tub side of things. So that was 13, I think around early 2015, we had hired a couple people to work for us and we rebranded from pool expressions into Southern Leisure. Oh, okay. And that's when we really became more hot tub focused. At the time we were selling like big green egg grills and Traeger smokers and stuff as well, but we dropped the pool stuff altogether, pool chemicals and pool accessories, cleaners, heaters, stuff like that. We said, you know what? There's a lot of competition here in the Dallas area for swimming pool stuff. Hot tubs is way more specified and we had partnered with a couple of really good companies, a couple of really good manufacturers, and they believed in what we were doing. And so we decided to kind of go full in on the hot tub stuff and expand our showroom from about 2,000 square feet to about 5,000 square feet. Okay. And, uh, you know, really that's where things took off. I think a lot of times it's, it's hard for people to pivot like that. You know, you kind of have an idea what you're building in your mind and then you get started and it turns out that the more successful path is not what you you envisioned. Were, were you thinking when you started the pool retail, were you thinking that you were going to do pool builds and remodels and service and all of that? Or, I mean, were you thinking that you would eventually be a pool company? Yeah, that, that was kind of the idea. So my, my father uh, had his pool construction uh, business in uh, Abilene and still does and uh, was building pools. And that's about three hours away from Dallas. And while I was in college, he had opened up a branch in Dallas and was doing some pool builds and landscape. And my uncle was running it as like the COO. Okay. And so there for a while, I was working with my uncle doing some outside sales and doing that kind of stuff. And we, we originally opened the retail store as kind of an office location and, and a, a place for people to come pick out their pool tile, come sure. pick out their plaster. Yeah, that showroom. Yeah, type. like a showroom yeah. atmosphere. Okay. And we had a few hot tubs in there. But what we found is as my wife was helping me work in there while she was waiting to go to dental hygiene school, we, we found that she was sitting there selling hot tubs and that's what was paying the rent every month. We weren't, we weren't generating enough revenue mm-hmm. off of pool builds. We had a couple slow months where we weren't really, we were able to justify the showroom cost. Right. And so hot tubs were carrying it. And I'm yeah. like, well, this is a no brainer. Like, let's go, let's go on the hot tubs. Cause we're not even really focused on it right now. Mm-hmm. If we get the top tier product and we throw some marketing behind it and, and, uh, we barely knew what we were doing and we were starting to make it work. So right. that's where we really decided that, yeah, I did plan to be a pool builder. I yeah. did plan to be a pool remodeler and, saw that there was another path that maybe didn't have as much competition. 
And probably as many headaches because, I mean, just construction is a completely different. Yeah. My dad tells there. me that every day. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I know that, I mean, every business has its challenges and, and things and, you know, they're, they're, they're different, but I feel like the, the construction challenges versus the hot tub challenges, um, there's just not maybe as many variables or at least there weren't, there didn't used to be as many variables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> COVID's thrown a, a bit of a wrench in that. Right. But yeah, I would say as a, as an overall theme, yeah, there's a lot more that can go wrong with a custom pool build that may be a six figure project, you know, versus a hot tub where you're delivering something that's built in a factory. Right. So you also, or you used to, I think you still do, had a, like a, a nursery landscape yeah. type of business as well. Are you still doing that? Yeah. So that's, that's another business um, that me and my father partnered in. Uh, a year after we opened the hot tub store, we opened a wholesale landscape supply business. Okay. And so really our some of our main, we kind of have it split into two different sides. We have hardscape and landscape. So we do plants and trees and flowers and a lot of like the soft goods. And then we have like stone, pavers, concrete products, really, really anything you'd use in your backyard. Okay. But a, lo- a lot of natural stone like you would see on a patio or, or even up on a house, okay. fireplace, that type of stuff. And we sell sand and gravel and we have all of our own trucking and stuff too. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So... so- but you aren't actually installing the pavers or the or the trees or anything like that. You are just you're selling them wholesale to the people who do. Yeah, we're a distribution okay. business, so we sell to pool builders, landscape companies, uh, custom home builders, and then we're open to retail as well. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, you are open to retail as well. So I guess when a customer is like, "Hey, are we redoing our backyard?" You probably have a lot of people you can send them to. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we have like a preferred contractor list of people that we refer out, guys that buy from us every day. So sure. we have a lot of guys that are in our store every day buying stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, March, April, May, June, we have a ton of retailers sure. coming in there yeah. uh, buying stuff. That's so interesting. So you're, you're kind of, you're really closing that loop there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I stay pretty busy for sure, so. for sure, for sure. And that's, that's been a great business too. We're expanding that and we're working to get our second location open later this year. Oh my, that is so, a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, when yeah. we, when we met a couple of years ago, you had Two stores or three stores? Hot tub stores? Was it? I think I had three. Three. I, yeah, I had three. We were trying to open uh, the fourth in Austin, and and we we got that done like right as COVID was kind of breaking out. We had like we were right in the process of opening Austin uh, when COVID happened. Okay. So. Yeah. So that doesn't. I mean, it makes it makes it difficult on so many levels to be opening a new store in the middle of all of that, and also opening a new store. I mean, it's not like Austin is is down the road. I mean, yeah. it's a drive. Yeah, it's about three and a half hours. Yeah, so it's so not a, not maybe not ideal. How did you manage all of that? Well, uh, luckily there there was a, a dealer that was down there mm-hmm. that had decided to close their doors that carried a lot of the same product lines. So we were able to move into their old showroom, take over their lease. That made things a little bit easier. They had a sure. pretty big existing customer base, so I was able to hire a technician and train him and keep him busy right away. So in a sense, it wasn't like starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of uh, kind of a bump start there. That helps a which, lot. Which helped a lot. Yeah. I, I still had to relocate one of my store managers from the DFW area down there. So we actually packed him up in a U-Haul and helped move him as his fiance down there and uh, me, me and our service team and, uh, made like a, I think like a two day trip out of it. All right. All right. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's definitely a small business team effort, but, uh, 
he was one of our more experienced guys yeah. and, uh, you know, committed and, and wanted to move down there. So yeah, it, it was, it was difficult starting and there was weeks where I was driving down there every week and there was plenty of days where I did day trips down there, mm-hmm. you know, seven hours in the car to spend six or seven hours down there yeah. working, you know, 14 hour days to get back right. uh, home. So. And, and so you're, you're doing all of this, but what we haven't, I mean, we talked about the fact that when we met right before COVID that I had a four month old and you were, your wife was about to have a baby, Yeah. but I mean, she had that baby and then it wasn't, you know, things didn't go super smoothly and you guys ended up being in the hospital for quite a while with yeah. her too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So our, yeah, our daughter Madison was born with uh, three major congenital heart defects and she had surgery. I think it was about seven days after she was born. She had a pretty major uh, open heart surgery. Which, when was she, when was she born again? Remind me. Uh, February 23rd. Okay. So, okay. Oh yeah. yeah her birthday is tomorrow. Her birthday's tomorrow. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she'll be two tomorrow. And uh, yeah, she had a, a, her first big open heart surgery at basically a week old. We were in the hospital for about a month, about five weeks and then she had another one in August of that year. Okay. And uh, she's doing fantastic. She'll have one more open heart surgery to kind of finalize things. Mm-hmm. Um, her, The physiology of her heart's not normal by any means, but she's thriving and acting uh, like any normal two-year-old would, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, tantrums and all. So, yeah, she, she's a sweetheart, and, and it's been cool. We've been able – we actually started a foundation kind of in her honor – to help, you know, other kids, other families Mm -hmm. that go through that. So it's called Maddie's Mended Heart Foundation. Okay. And uh, we're doing a book drive in February. So we've been able to get a lot of people to donate books that we can donate to the hospital. So that's been kind of a passion project of my wife and mine. And uh, my wife's really more the one running things on that side of things. But it's been really, it's been really fun. And, uh, you know, a way we can get back because we had a lot of people that were there for us when we went through that. Yeah. But we saw a lot of families, you know, that didn't have a support system. Right. And we were like, man, how are they doing it? You know, you see people sleeping in their cars, sleeping in the in the waiting rooms. And uh, we we decided, you know, we're going to try to figure out what we can do to help out. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I'm so glad. I'm glad to hear that she's doing she's doing great. And yeah. I mean, that's that's wonderful. I mean, I, I, so that's kind of every parent's worst nightmare, right? I mean, is to have anything, anything happen with your kid medically is just, is scary and terrifying. But and then also in the midst of that, we're going through this like scary and terrifying time as a, a world. I mean, I've never had a more stressful few weeks probably in my life as a business owner, those first, you know, three or four weeks of, of COVID. And so I mean, it couldn't have been that much different for you. But then on top of that, you've also got this personal stress and go, stuff going on that you feel like you probably need to give your full attention to. And then you've got your business that in any other circumstance, you would probably be giving your full attention to. So I yeah. would, I mean, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was not a lot of sleep. That's oh, for sure. Um, it, I mean, I was sleeping on a couch in the hospital room yeah. pretty much the entire month of March. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you know, a lot of wondering like what's going to happen and just looking at how can we stay open? Are we an essential business? Are we not an essential business? You know, are people going to keep buying hot tubs? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's the economy going to do? Yeah. 
Um, did you guys have, did you guys see an, a, a dip in sales at the beginning there like most people did or did it or not too bad? Yeah, it was like a ghost town there for like a week or two. Oh, and, and I, you know, part of me, I it was like, do I lay people off? Do I, do I just have them stay home and pay them their base pay? You know, what, mm-hmm. what do I do? I'm almost wasting money turning the lights on because no right. one's on the roads or coming in what what's our strategy here you know that's what it felt like and you know what can you do on social media what can you do and then I think it it seemed like as as soon as everybody figured out they weren't going to walk outside and breathe a fresh air and die then it it was like okay let's go buy a hot tub that's (laughs) kind of what it felt like yeah okay (laughs) we're at least safe in our backyard so let's make that an enjoyable experience yeah it was a lot of unknowns and a lot of decisions in a short amount of time for I mean as a business owner, for sure. But then again, like also I imagine like for your family, a lot of decision-making and a lot of stress and everything at the, at the same time. And was there a clear path at least medically on like, this is what we have to do. We're going to do it. We're going to, you know, I mean, how did you, or was it? It was tough. Cause like when, when they brought, when they first transferred her down, cause we didn't know till after she was born right. that she had a problem. Mm-hmm. And so we were about to be sent home when they like looked at her heart again and had they sent us home, she probably wouldn't have made it. So they, they, they had to transfer us to a hospital that had pediatric cardiac unit. Okay. So I rode in the ambulance with my daughter to the hospital and we, we got in there and the cardiologist came in after looking at the scans and they didn't have a plan. It took them a week to come up with a plan because of all her unique, situations with her aorta and and her valves and stuff because it wasn't like you said it wasn't it wasn't one thing it was it was was three three. so it was one of them was like like in heart defects it's like one in a hundred thousand heart defects is like this one thing so there's not even like a ton of um like domestic cases like here in the u.s for them to look at yeah so the scans were getting sent to Boston Children's to look at, you know, they were, they were having multiple pediatric cardiologists all over the U S look at this and how it vote on how should they approach the surgery? What should they do? So even that wasn't a clear, there was no clear path. It wasn't really a clear path. Yeah. 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 So, so after about a week, they said, we think this is the best way to go. Mm -hmm. And really, I think that was, that was around, she had already had her first surgery when COVID really started going crazy. Okay. Um, there was like an NBA game that uh, in Oklahoma, and my yes. my my in laws were at it. Oh, they and, were. <laughs> yeah, they were at it, and and Madison had had her surgery. She was maybe two weeks past her first surgery, and my in laws were there. And the they, didn't COVID, have a, they didn't have a game. The COVID thing happened, and they were like in the stands, and uh, yeah, that's. That's when everything kind of shut down. So many people point to that event as the thing that kind of triggered like, oh, this could be bad. Yeah. It was that it was like that moment where they didn't when they didn't have no that, one, that game, that thunder game. It was like everyone was kind of like, oh, oh, this is a po- like we're going to we're going to we're going to not yeah. do things now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of like the the starting point of it. But. Yeah, at that point, we had had the surgery, and we were in recovery, and things were going well. So we were kind of like... But you were kind of past the like real tense, scary time. Yeah, we were okay. past the real tense, scary time. But then then it was just kind of like, here's another right hook of like, 
can we open the stores tomorrow, you know, right. and, and what are we going to do, yeah. you know, what are we going to do? Because, like, I think most hot tub dealers, at least in the South, they're looking at March, April, May. That's when they make their money. Right. That's their your best months of right. the year. And so you're, you're March 14th or whatever it is, and you're like, okay, so my top three revenue months are in jeopardy. Right. And, you know, I was counting on this. And I'm just, I'm, I'm opening my fourth store yeah. three hours yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> so, l- luckily, I have a, a really good team of really good guys. I mean, you, you would have had to, to yeah. get through any of this. Like, not just yeah. a team at your business, but, you know, just a team around you as a, as a family. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. that's, it's just, it's, I mean, it would be, it's a lot to go through one of those, much less. Yeah. It's a lot to go through opening a store. It's a lot to go through COVID as a business owner. And then it's a lot to go through having your kid have a, a medical problem. And then to do that all in just like a really short window. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, and, and that was what was so cool is all the guys that worked for me reaching out saying, hey, is there anything I can do? Mm-hmm. Do you need anything aside from like my job? Is there anything I can do better at my job? If not, is there anything I can do for you personally? Right. You know, so everybody really stepped up in that way. Yeah. And and just kind of went above and beyond because, you know, everybody's a little scared too with COVID coming around. Right. Uh, You know, it's a scary time for everybody. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when you know you've got the right people, you know, when an emergency happens or, you know, something happens and everyone just, just steps up. It's not, you know, there's not really any questioning or anything. And it's just like, what can I do? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. And it kind of gives like it kind of gives me chills. I mean, in totally different situation. But I mean, when I had to go on maternity leave, like that's what my team did. They're like, just what do you need me to do? Just give me, you know, what can I take off your plate so that you don't have to do it? And you can kind of you can actually have some time off. And, you know, it's just like, like, all right, I've got the right, the right right people. people I got the right people. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we, we all go through this time where it's like, you know, doors are closed or did you guys actually have to close or, or did they let you stay open in Texas? I feel like it was. We, we may have, we may have stayed closed a, a day or two, okay. but as soon as we figured out that chlorine was a sanitizer for a body of water, it was kind of, right. th- there was some stuff going around in the pool industry on mm-hmm. why you're essential. Right. And so we, we were able to open back up and we kind of promoted appointment stuff for a while, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't fully necessary, but just to make people feel more comfortable. Sure. But then it, that kind of got to the point where, people were just showing up anyway. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, when I talk to dealers, just how regional all of this was, right. I mean, cause there are some people where obviously they had to be, they had to be closed and, or open by appointment only. And it's interesting too, because some different regions have really gravitated toward that, you know? So it's like, in your area, people are just like, no, I'm going to go into the store still. And then some areas, there's people who are still like, nah, if I can do appointment only, if I can do virtual, I'm going to do that instead. And it's it's interesting how it's it's different parts of the country are still doing things different depending on how their whole area responded to stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas was not near as restrictive mm-hmm. as a lot of states. It was kind of weird because there was a lot of like county by county stuff for yes. us. Yeah. And so like our landscape and stone business is probably like five or six minutes away from one of our hot tub stores, but they're in different counties. Sure. And so there for a while, like we had to have masks at the hot tub store, but not at the stone business, yeah. even though like it's, you know, like three yes. miles 
Um, so there's kind of some silly stuff no. going on there. Well, and I've heard that from other multi-store dealers too, where, you know, they'd be spread across a region and yeah, one store had to do something one way, another store had to do something another way. And it made it hard to be, you know, consistent as a company because, you know, it was a different policy depending on <laughs> what county yeah. you were in. Well, and it got, it got so, kind of so silly with a lot of the mass stuff in, in Dallas County that I just... I just told my guys I wasn't going to, like, make people play by different sets of rules. I said, if someone comes in and finds y'all, I'll pay the fine. Like, don't – if you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. Like, no one else in the company is wearing a mask. Right. So and, – and luckily that only lasted for a week or two. But, oh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of like – they're kind of like, why Why do all these other stores know what – you know, no one's wearing a mask and we, yeah. we're, we're, we have to. Right. So. Well, and also it's like – I've heard from a lot of dealers too, even now it's like, you just do what the customer does, you know? Yeah. So if a customer comes in with a mask on, you put a mask on, yeah. you know, it's like you, you do whatever they seem to want to do or feel comfortable with. Cause you don't want to step on, on toes. You want to make people feel as comfortable as possible in your store. And so it's like, you know, what the person in front of you does is what you do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. That's kind of, that's kind of been our, our thing is yet yeah, mirror the customer mm-hmm. and their comfort level. Um, Luckily now, most people in Texas have moved past it. Yeah, for sure. I've yes, I've uh, I've been to Texas a few times since this, this <laughs> and that's that's very true. Much like much like in Oklahoma. Yep. <laughs> so then, of course, we see this this massive influx of everybody who suddenly wants a hot tub and came out of the woodwork, and then you see the crazy spike, and then lead times get insane, and suddenly. You said what March, April, May are supposed to be your good months. So in twenty twenty, what were what were your best months? <laughs> and yeah, April was was busy. I can't remember the exact number, yeah. but we sold a lot of hot tubs. Mm-hmm. I think May was the craziest. Uh, it was you know over a hundred hot tubs for us, yeah. which was by far a record. I mean, June was good. It just kind of carried through the rest of the year. Yeah. The the problem was you know in April. Really, like April and May, and I'd say really about halfway through April's when the floodgates kind of opened because, you know, that that thunder game was probably middle of March, and so there was about a month when it was pretty slow. Yeah, it, it was it was slow for about three to four weeks. Yep, about two weeks of ghost town, like no one, and then people started to trickle in, and then it was like around the seventeenth of April, like somebody flipped the switch on and. Like the last two weeks of April were crazy, yeah. and then the entire month of May was crazy. But the last two weeks of April, we had so many people buying, like like four hundred percent of like what a normal April would be. Like those last two months right. or the last two weeks. Yeah. And so, you know, historically everything's been like a four to six week lead time on mm-hmm. custom order hot tubs, and so that's what we're telling our customers. Not knowing that like every other dealer in the world right. was going through the same thing, mm-hmm. telling their customers the same thing. Right. So all those customers we told four to six weeks, it ended up being three to four months mm-hmm. for a lot of them. Right. And so that was where things started to get difficult right. with managing expectations because we had never really seen anything like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think talking to both manufacturers and dealers that's been one of the hardest things is because I think for, for most business owners, obviously like taking care of your customer and your customer service is something you take a lot of pride in. And suddenly so much of that is taken out of your control. And for the first time for some people, they've got people who are like really angry with them. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and the, it's, it's just a whole new thing to deal with. And for people who we sell hot tubs, like we're not, we're, we're used to making people happy, not yeah. making people, you know, angry on a regular basis. And so I think for a lot of people, that was a really hard period because even though they're having these record breaking sales, they're also having a record breaking number of phone calls from customers who were upset with them. And I think, I mean, I've talked to some dealers who have like basically been in tears about it because it's just been so hard emotionally to deal with those ups and downs and that, you know, something you really take pride in taking care of your customer, you suddenly feel like you're not doing as well as you want to anymore. And it's it, it's so hard. <laughs> well, and yeah, that, that was very difficult for me because I, I take everything way too personal when it comes to the business, like most business people. Yeah, we can't, do. we can't help it. You can't separate it. Yeah. And it feels like a personal attack and you've got people, you know, accusing you of lying to them. And, and, you know, you, you told me this knowing that it was going to be this and, and, right. You know, you're, you're watching maybe one star reviews pop up on Google and, you know, damage that can't be repaired to your online reputation. Yeah. Thinking that like, yeah, the sales are great, but like, I'm in this for the next 30 years and, mm-hmm. you know, I've had a great reputation and if, if this really hurts my reputation, it's going to take me years to build this back. Right. And, you know, that's, I think that was one of the main like anxiety points for me is mm-hmm. I've got upset people. I can try to calm them down, but if I can't calm them down and they go online saying all this stuff, right? how, how am I going to fix that? And it was all for what, you know, how do I, how do I try to make them happy? Yeah. Well, and how, I mean, do you feel like, at some point, kind of the knowledge and the news about supply chain and all of those things that we've been talking about forever now, or feels like forever now, do you feel like people start to kind of catch on and realize like, oh, they're not trying to do this like to me. This yeah. is a real, this is a, did, I mean, or, or do you still feel like you're still explaining to people why it's going to take so long to get their hot tub? I, I think like by October of 2020, like it had set in for so many industries, people were right. getting used to it. Yeah. And the whole time it's really been about communication and like how well you're communicating. Mm -hmm. I think for some of the smaller dealers, it's a lot easier when you get really big and you have eight to 10 salespeople across four stores and you have like pretty high turnover. So you have Mm -hmm. somebody sell something and then they quit and then the hot tub's not going to ship for four or five months after that person quit. Right. It's kind of like, well, who picks up the communication on that customer? Yeah. So that was the big challenge for us is as we had people turn over and had people quit and some of my salespeople had, you know, 80 clients to keep informed on a weekly basis. um, It turns into almost a full-time job, you know, just trying to keep people in the loop and get information from the the manufacturer from the factory on like when the spa is going to be ready because their story is changing every week too. Yes. And uh, well, I think that's the thing that the customer doesn't necessarily understand is that like, nobody actually knows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that's hard for people to wrap their mind around. It's like, well, why don't you know when this is going to come? But I mean, you're calling the manufacturer and they're telling and they're, you're asking them basically the same thing. Why do you not under, know when you're going to make this hot tub? <laughs> you know, but yeah. it just got that backlog just got so, so long that it was, you know, it was impossible to, you know, keep, keep people informed and, and have it, you know, 
all the things. We already know all the things well, that went wrong with with all the things. <laughs> and, 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 well, and I tried to put some like automated systems in place yeah. to help with that, like right. CRMs that have automated text and email built in. Yes. That's something I've been doing recently to try to let people know mm-hmm. your production allotment month is this. And then if it changes, we update it in the system and it's going to text them every 30 days to let them know it's still on track for this month. Got it. Um, because how's, that wor- how's that working? It's good. Okay. It's good. good. It's good. And it's something that, um, you know, I, I, I'm really glad we did. And yeah. uh, it's taken a lot of my time to, like, develop this system. But Yeah. No, those systems are, are very painful to implement. But then once you have them and they're working, they're amazing. Yeah. I actually uh, had to walk out of a meeting today because I was so frustrated because one of the systems that we're working on sent out an email twice instead of once. And... I was very frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a scream in my fellow kind of moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, they're great when they work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's, they send duplicate messages. Sometimes they don't send them at all. Yeah. It can be, it can be a painful, it can be a painful thing. And it's hopefully, you know, once you got it dialed in, you're good to go and you don't have that stuff going on anymore. But so, but before you had that system implemented, was it just on the salespeople to, to call their customers and keep them in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, basically like a Google sheet that, you know, tracking communication, Hey, every week, you know, you need to see, does this customer prefer email or phone call communication? And every week you need to log, did you call or email this person and give them an update? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and was, were you trying to touch people weekly? That was the goal. Okay. Yeah, was was re, you know reach out to these people weekly, but you know that's pretty hard when you also when you still have that torrent of people coming in the coming in the door and calling, wanting and, to buy. Yeah, yeah, and that was the thing is you know you're still getting run over with new leads and sales, which is mm-hmm. is good. You need that to happen, but when you have that kind of backlog, it's almost unmanageable. Right. To really do a really good job at it, and that's kind of what the the times I've had to get involved with customers sure and I really you know they're they're screaming and angry with me on the phone and then I I give them a 10 or 15 minute breakdown of kind of the history of hot tub sales and how it used to take four to six weeks and now why it takes eight months right and why it's so difficult for us to communicate Mm -hmm. you know consistently and efficiently Mm -hmm. then they they say oh wow I I had no idea you know yeah People do have no idea. And yeah. sometimes you'll tell them and they just, and they almost don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, really? Like one winter storm can take out all of the plastic in the, in the country. And it's like, no, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. That, that is true because that is exactly what happened. <laughs> exactly. And I, and like, I, that can't be, that can't be how the world works. And it's like, no, that is how the world works. I'm sorry to inform you. We have like, one area that makes all the things. <laughs> yeah. And I explained that. I explained that on the phone a couple times, you know, that this and that, you know, this is going on because I w- I'd call the factory too, wondering, hey, what's going on? Right. And the canned answer is always, well, we don't know, you know, yeah. and I'm like, well, tell me why you don't know or, or give me more information right. or yeah. I'd get someone higher up on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, a director or executive level person. And they'd say, well, we have you know, eight pallets of ozones off a ship in Long Beach. And then we yep. have, you know, this plastic, these jet parts being air freighted from France and they're on, you know, this plane that's landing here and then they have to go through customs. And yeah. so once they give you the breakdown, you're like, oh yeah, that's a lot of moving pieces. Yes. I think I really, I would really love to get a manufacturer on here who would 
really dive into some of the minute details of how all of that stuff happened because there was a manufacturer who described what his team had done. And I maybe have said this on the podcast before, but he described what they'd accomplished in the last year as heroic (laughs) because that was the kind of stuff that they, they were doing. It was like, you're down to chasing parts from individual distributors, you know, in Korea. And that was how they were getting their hot tubs made. And it was just insanity. And so, and yeah, I mean, and obviously you don't have time to update your customers. They don't have time to update you on all of those little things that happened that just made it even just compounded the problem. Yeah. Marquis Micro Silk Beauty Treatment moisturizes and hydrates at the same time. Micro bubbles envelop your body in a soothing, effervescent cloud of oxygen, diving deeply into pores to restore collagen. Microsilk leaves your skin silky with reduced fine lines and wrinkles. A microsilk bubble is negatively charged, approximately 50 to 100 times smaller than a typical hot tub bubble. Negatively charged ions are credited with increased serotonin production, which is associated with emotional stability, a sense of well-being, and promotes restful sleep. Microsilk is available on signature line models Spirit, Promise, Resort, Euphoria, Epic, and all Vector 21 hot tub models. I gotta say personally, this is one of the more fascinating hot tub features that's currently on the market. The older I get, it seems the more beauty products I buy that promise to do all of these things for my skin. I have never tried it, but give me a snorkel and I am all in on Microsilk. For more information, visit MarquiseBaz.com. So I guess when we talked about you guys having four locations, you had mentioned earlier, but I think before we started recording that you also now have a big warehouse, yeah. which is a, I think a new thing for a lot of hot tub deal- dealers is that they now have warehouses <laughs> Yeah, because you're now ordering and receiving hot tubs on a lot different looking schedule than you were before. What kind of got you guys to the point where you're like, we have to have space for this. Yeah. So uh, for the first two years when we had two stores, we just kind of, we had an area at our first store in an outdoor area that was fenced in where we were able to just stack hot tubs and we could keep anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 hot tubs out there. Mm -hmm. Most of those are custom ordered in for customers. You know, they take four to six weeks, no big deal. Once we moved to our third store in the DFW area, we got a warehouse, uh, about a 7,500 square foot warehouse. It had about 1,500 square feet of office space in it, a couple offices and a little mm-hmm. conference room. We operated out of that for a while. It, it could hold all of our parts and, and uh, a lot of our grill stuff as well, and then maybe 50 or 60 hot tubs. Okay. And and so we, we operated out of that. I think we had a three-year lease, and then that lease was kind of up in early 2021 and we were seeing the trend of how much we had sold and a lot of it hadn't shipped yet. Like a lot of it was back ordered, but we we were, I was already looking at where we're going to put all this stuff when it comes in Mm -hmm. and we can't deliver out, you know, this much product. We're going to have to have somewhere to at least hold a hundred plus hot tubs. And so we started shopping around. And so we, we doubled the size of the facility. We went to about a 15,000 square foot warehouse. Okay. It's got about 4,000 square feet of office, but about 11,000 uh, square feet of warehouse. And so now we can hold, you know, in the 100 to 130 range, you know, of hot tubs. And right now, almost everything we have in there is sold. We're just waiting for customers to, you know, basically be ready and you know, our delivery schedule to open. So we've been, 
selling a lot of hot tubs to people that are building new houses. Well, new houses are so delayed. We have people that bought a hot tub nine months ago, but their new house still isn't done. So yeah, they thought they thought, oh, well, it's fine. We have to wait nine months because our house won't even be ready until then. It's perfect. Yeah, and yeah. then no, yeah, or or like our house will be done in six months, and now their house is gonna it's gonna be six months behind. So we're we're navigating that of you know we've we've got hot tubs that we've been right. holding a while, but we're also getting now that production is finally getting caught yeah. up. Um, you know, I I looked at like some of our numbers from one of our manufacturers in the past i think in 2020 they shipped us eight hot tubs in 2021 they shipped us like 21 hot tubs this was in the month of january and then in 22 they shipped us like 56 hot tubs so we went from eight in 2020 to 56 in 2022 yeah so just the amount of product we're starting to turn that's what led us to jump into a bigger warehouse we can inventory more parts and handle warranty stuff quicker because mm-hmm. yeah you know three four years ago we were kind of just doing it on a whim because we could get stuff in a couple of days you know it wasn't right. it wasn't any problem now yeah. you have to stock so much product because right. well, it may take how many i mean how, how many hot tips can you guys deliver in a day so we run two crews and each crew will do two two spas each and so we can do four a day we contract a lot of our stuff out in austin so they, sure. they can do one to two a day down there our contractor can okay but I mean, we we take it in the backyard, install the accessories, fill it up, you know. Right, get, you know, you know, drop it in the driveway up, and take off. <laughs> give them a tutorial on how to use it. Right. So they're there three to four hours sure. per job. Okay, okay. I mean, you know, you talk about you had 56 hot tubs come in in January or ordered 56 hot tubs in January. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, they, 56 that shipped to us. Yeah. And I that's mean, from one manufacturer. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's not, like, you're not delivering all of those in one month right not really and then i mean there's i think probably between all of our manufacturers in january we probably got somewhere around 90 uh total units so and like on a good week we can do you know 20 22 to 25 units in a week okay so but nothing ever goes perfect and like i think tomorrow it looks like we're going to snow out in dallas so yeah we have three or four units on the books, those probably right. won't go out tomorrow. Are so. you are you worried about getting home? Because I'm a little nervous about getting home. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a little bit. Yeah, weather doesn't look great. I know. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm staying over till Friday, but... Oh, you um, are. I'm supposed yeah. to go home Thursday night, and I'm like, am I going home Thursday night? I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm supposed to leave early Friday morning, and that may not happen. Okay. Well, you yeah. know, we can hang out together in yep. Florida. Yep. Yeah. And I know. I don't feel. I don't feel awful because it is like eighty degrees here. And except uh, I didn't bring. I brought conference clothes. I didn't bring any Florida hanging out for fun clothes. <laughs> so I. I mean, I can like go in my dress clothes to the beach. So that'll be there great. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's interesting to me, like all of these operational things that have changed for retailers during COVID, and I'm always asking people like what do you think is going to stick around and what do you think is going to kind of go back to you know quote unquote normal and so one of the things I've been asking people is like do you think that you are going to go back to ordering hot tubs how you did before where people are custom ordering pretty much everything you're placing the order and then you're getting it you know in a I mean even if it was in like three months you know I it seems like that is just kind of gone by the wayside I think Things are going to get back to that point. I don't know if it'll be this year. You know, I, I see some manufacturers getting closer to that mm-hmm. as far as being able to get you product from when you order it in, you know, 
two, three months. Yeah. I think that's getting closer. Mm-hmm. You know, four to six weeks is is tough. I, I don't know that that's in the next 12 months. I was laughing talking to one of the other marquee dealers here about how, like, maybe in 20, early 2019, 2018, 2019, I remember ordering spas and them showing up. Like, from the day I sent the order in, like, 17 days later in Texas, you know, I mean, it was just, like, snap your fingers, yeah. and they're two, three weeks, they're there. Yeah, those days those days are gone. Yeah. Probably yeah. For, for the foreseeable future, for, I think. For a, yeah. good, for a good time, yeah. yeah. So, I think we'll see it slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Demands has to drop off at some point. Well, I mean, Russia just invaded Ukraine today. So, I mean, we who knows what the world, what's going to happen next in the world? You know? know, we have no control over these things. I know, I know. <laughs> and but like the same, the same part of me says when COVID hit, I was like, well, this may be it for the hot tub business, you know. And then we went on a two-year run. So. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like. I feel like that is one of the things that I have taken away from this time as a business owner is the worst has happened basically (laughs) (laughs) and we survived. And so, I mean, I'm sure there are, there are many more things that life can throw at us, Yeah. but it's like, I can still always look back at this time and be like, yes, but remember when you thought that was the end and like, we're still here. (laughs) I, I think the good thing for the hot tub business and really kind of this business in general, saunas and hot tubs and wellness is yeah. people are more focused on their health and their wellness than ever before. Yeah. And, and I think more focused on like family time, yes. you know, than, than ever before. Yeah. These are not trends that are going to go away yeah. as soon as we, I mean, we're never going to stop talking about COVID, but these are not, these are big trends that are going to have, like we're going to see for a generation, not something yeah. that's going to disappear overnight. Yeah. So I think things are trending in the right direction mm-hmm. for things to stay pretty good for the hot tub right. industry. It's just going to be the the supply chain stuff, which I I don't know that it gets cured in the next twelve months. I think I think it'll improve because yeah. I'm I'm seeing it already improving a lot mm-hmm. over where we were twelve months ago. Things are catching up big time. But at some point, yes, it will get better. Like yeah. that, we know that. Fortunately, yeah. is a short term issue. Um, it's been longer term than I think any of us expected it to be. But yeah, at, at some point, that will get better, better. somewhat. But yeah. it is encouraging to know that like hot tubs and swim spas really too are, are growing a lot in popularity. Yes. Uh, and I think our industry, you know, is kind of primed for an, another good five, ten years. But I, I hope and pray for the days that it gets back to like manageable lead times where you can tell a customer a window sure. and deliver on that promise. Right. I could ask you probably a million more questions. Um, we haven't even touched on deposits or cash flow or any of those really fun things. Um, but so that you can actually go to your dinner that you're supposed to attend tonight. What do you see for the rest of 2022? I mean, what do you think? What do you think hot tub retailing is going to look like in December? I, I think there's a lot of economic uncertainty right now. And so I'm cautiously optimistic, Mm -hmm. but I I do see things tapering off from where they've been in 2020 and 2021. There's been significant price increases from all of our manufacturers. So uh, we we still see a lot of people coming in the door. There's still a lot of interest. And I think it's going to be a good year the rest of the year. Uh, I think from the standpoint of being able to make money in the hot tub industry, it may be a little bit easier because we're going to be able to know our cost when we sell the product and not be surprised by as many 
surcharges and increases because I think yeah. a lot of the manufacturers went ahead and raised their prices on us. I wouldn't say excessively, but they maybe padded it a little bit so they're not going to have to hit us with, you know, unforeseen uh, increases in right. pricing. So a little bit more stability on yeah, that side. Yeah, yeah, more stability. You know, labor market's really tough right now, so that's something we're battling is just trying to find good help. But I, I am optimistic the rest of 2022 looks pretty good. And I think that, you know, we'll see good, steady sales. I don't know about record sales, mm -hmm. but good, steady sales. And I think we're going to be able to start to give customers realistic delivery windows and realistic timeframes for when they can expect their hot tub, uh, which ultimately, hopefully, will improve customer experience. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I, I feel like I hear from from most retailers right now. I think we're feeling pretty good about 2022, and we'll see how things go from there. Yeah. So are you ready for the Spa Retailer 5? Sure. I don't have them in front of me, so we're depending on my memory of them right now. I've, I've asked about, you know, how many people these questions so I should know. <laughs> <laughs> and some of these I think we already know the answer to. So what was your first job? I guess I could probably count uh, working for my father in his pool and landscape business. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Was that, so was that your first, like, W-2 paying job? No, like, burger flipping in your history? <laughs> no, dishwashing that, that, that or uh I, I was actually a professional motocross racer for a while so i got i don't think i knew that about yeah, you yeah i i did I, I turned pro when i was 17 and uh raced till i was well i, I raced from the i raced motocross from the time i was about 10 to 20 but I, okay i broke both my femurs when i was yeah, 20 yeah. and i hung up uh, my boots thin that's that's um not a story that i haven't heard before <laughs> as <laughs> yeah. far as uh, that's when i stopped <laughs> yeah that's when i stopped racing motocross yeah so, okay yeah. okay so do you remember your first hot tub sale i remember i don't know about my first sale i remember a couple of my first customers okay yeah and I remember my first hot tub that I sold that leaked on the day I delivered it. So <laughs> that would be, yeah, that's that's yeah, memorable. <laughs> that was that was memorable. That was not fun. But uh, I think, like I said earlier, the first the first six months, my wife was doing most of the selling, mm -hmm. and I was the one in the field. She was the one yeah. selling all the hot tubs at yeah. first. All right. Well, so I like to ask people. It's a it's a two part question. What was your what's been your biggest flop? And then what has been maybe your biggest success? So, I mean, do you have something in, that you know you brought in a product, it just didn't work, you had this great marketing campaign, it, it died? Is there anything that sticks out to you? Yeah, I'm trying to think on on products. I've, I've brought in plenty of products that flopped. I, yeah. Um, massage chairs never have done well mm -hmm. for us. We, I've tried those once and I've tried like the pre-built outdoor kitchen islands. Those, those never really panned out for us. So interesting. And it's interesting because, you know, for every flop for those products, you know, it's like, I know dealers who they've been a huge success for, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I've been in those showrooms too. Oh, and right. that's where I got the yeah. idea to yeah. do it. And I, and I bring them in and even put some money behind the marketing mm -hmm. and it just doesn't work out. Yeah. But the biggest, the biggest flop, there's been maybe some home and garden shows that oh. you, you know, go to and you invest in and you get all hyped up and then you don't sell anything and and you feel like you could have sold more just being at your showroom for the weekend. It, those that's a those are tough yeah. tough pills to swallow yeah. cuz those home and garden shows man they can be pretty pretty spendy. They're brutal, they're long, they're exhausting and you spend a lot of money yeah. and if you come away empty-handed it's kind of like you never want to try another one again. So, it's it's been hit or miss on those. Sure. But yeah, I would say 
those have probably been the most defeating experiences is, is going there and striking out. Yeah. So how about on the flip side then? What, what about things that you point to? You're like, that was, that was a real good idea. <laughs> I would probably say kind of a combination of our marketing and our just choice in vendors who we do business with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a lot of it. You know, we sell marquee bullfrog, uh, Nordic and cow spa now. And I think just the companies we've partnered with, yeah. uh, I, I look back, we, we sold Caldera for a while. I think picking up Caldera was a really big move for us when that happened back in like 2019. Yeah. Cause we had a couple smaller manufacturers we were repping at the time and Caldera really kind of put us on the map and I had a fantastic rep. Yeah. Uh, at Watkins that really taught me a lot about the hot tub business mm-hmm. and how to generate leads. I would say he kind of guided me in the direction to kind of what helped us take off yeah. and be successful. He was a big component of us kind of taking off and uh, he's no longer with Watkins, but I, I owe a lot to him for sure. And, yeah. and so picking up Calder, I would say early on, that was one of our big, biggest successes. And yeah. then just adding Marquee a year later, that was massive. And then adding Bullfrog, I think it was maybe a year or two after that. Mm-hmm. Um, just those partnerships, I think those those have been the biggest wins. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the last question I ask people is, I mean, because you have so much extra spare time on your hands, but I like to ask people if they have a favorite book or TV show or movie or even just what is the thing that you've been that you use to distract yourself right now can even be an appropriate response. <laughs> Uh, my kids, you know, yeah. I think I, with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So you're watching a lot of Coco Melon. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. we do. Uh, yeah, we do Paw Patrol. Yeah, we do. We do all the the <laughs> bubble guppies and whatever. You know, you, you name it. You name it. Nick Junior and Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, lots of TV, lots of movies, lots of playing around. Uh-huh. Um, you know, me and my son go get ice cream at night, and you know, any spare time yeah. I have, I'm I'm with them. Yeah, you know. So it's you're you're hanging with your kids or you're trying to trying to maybe get a little bit of sleep. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Uh, and then yeah, after the kids go to bed, yeah, Yellowstone. Me and my wife just started watching Yellowstone. So yeah, you know, uh, your your average you know TV shows. Perfect. But, uh, I haven't had anyone talk about Yellowstone on the podcast yet, and it's an interesting one. It's an interesting. I think we're only like four or five episodes in. But oh, okay, so you have no idea then. I hear it gets crazy. <laughs> it's getting better and better. I'm, I'm starting to get hooked in now. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll love to catch up in a, in a you know couple months and see see where you landed on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm so glad we finally got to actually do this. Funny that we had to come to Florida to make it happen when we're only like a couple hours apart, but so be it. Yeah. Well, well thank you, Megan. I'm, I'm glad that I could sit down and talk <laughs> and share, share my experience and... Uh, Looking forward to what 2022 brings. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cole. The Spa Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa retailer.com. Thanks for listening.